This is the Women Your Mother Warned You About podcast, sponsored by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching Programs at Sales Gravy. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want you to go and check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is the place where sales professionals and sales leaders from across the globe go to learn and upscale. And right now, if you're a brand new user and you've never used Sales Gravy University before, you can get your first course for free by using coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. And hey, I've got several courses there that you can check out. So I hope to see you there. But let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. And that's where I see outbound because it's this congregation. And I think one of the secrets too, the sessions are amazing, but it's in the hallway when you're talking with a speaker one-on-one or when you get a chance to sit down with some sellers who are giving you insights from their industry or you're getting the networking opportunity. So you may look at a ticket price and say, yeah, I know how to sell, but I promise you, you don't know how to get into that next account like this person who has a connection. And those are some of the magic moments that happen in Outbound. So, oh, I'm hungry for some Outbound. Let's go. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Can I get I a feel a song <laughs> coming on? I feel a song coming on. Go ahead and pass the plate around. Get that half bomb part going. <laughs> We are going to go ahead and get this show started. Welcome to the Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Coach at Sales Gravy with my lovely British co-host who can jump in for herself. Susanna (laughs) Gray-Jones. Susanna Gray-Jones, Master Coach and Owner of Chime Search. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it with trying to imitate my accent. <laughs> I'm Just too, in case. I'm too thought. tired to try to to do to be English today. So you're gonna not have to deal with that. Phew. Like that. Phew. I'll stay. I'll stay. Okay, great. Awesome. And it is late in the UK at this time that we are doing this. Uh, but you know what? We will do this at any time just to be here with Donald C. Kelly. Yeah, Donald C. Kelly in the house. Check out the energy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's got such great energy. Welcome, Donald. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm absolutely uh, grateful to be able to come back on a podcast. You know, usually people don't you know, want to bring me back multiple times, but you know, the fact that you did, I'm like, okay, either one, um, I must have bribed them really well the first time, or two, they're desperate for you know someone. So I, and I figured it probably, you know, probably a, a, there was a bribe that I did before. So or three, it's your devilish <laughs> smile. <laughs> How's that? Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> okay, I've got. I, I'll, I'll protect you from her. I'll protect you. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. We have a lot of fun. He's you got to. He's got a. Got he's to. got a beautiful wife and a really beautiful child. I have uh, no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> I love seeing those pictures of you and your family. That child is just gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Yeah, he's, um, I think he knows it too. And he, I think he, he's getting to that point. He's three now. So he, he uses that. He's got some that swagger. 
<laughs> I've got a three-year-old. I know all about that. So yeah, yeah. You're after the terrible twos. So mm. somebody, somebody told me taught me a term. They said it's the three teens, and I was like, interesting. Right. That uh, you know, there's three like a teens. this little teenager now um, that they they start to act like that. And um, but you know, just turned literally the other day, Monday. So now we've been um, having some uh, some good. Uh, interactions um, the, pre, the, the, the three, three teams started three, three majors major. yeah there you go. i love it well last time you were here on the show with a, a different co-host and now i've got a different mm-hmm. blonde co-host um yeah. we we got to know your story um i had i told Susanna to go listen to that episode um uh, you were talking about your new book which has since come out it has. Thank you very much for helping me to. It was one of the first podcasts where we started talking about a book on. Yeah. Um, before that. So it was very, very grateful for that. And how Thank how you. has it gone since you've released the newest book? Sell like a mango. Yeah. I mean, from it's been great uh, from the standpoint we've been impacting a lot of folks. The numbers, I don't have the exact numbers. Our publishers, we have to do our meeting with them to get those details. But well, from what the interaction we've been seeing from social, from people purchasing it, I mean, there's opportunities that are coming across the globe. Like there's a team, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. And um, there's this gentleman that he Googled best sales podcast. So happy that we came upon it said, you know, we clicked on mine because one of them, you know, he kind of learned that we didn't have a book. Then he was like, as soon as I started listening, I realized you do have a book. He went ahead and got the book. Um, he's he showed me physically a picture. I mean, uh, on you know, on screen share the book that he has, and there's so many tabs that he has in this book, and um, that you know, notes that he's taken away. And anyways, we're doing a training with their team and another program. And then there's another guy sent me. He was on a vacation in Italy, was listening, reading the book during that, and it's just kind of cool to see some of these impacts that you've been. You, know, you you get from social and there's countless others probably that have been reading that hasn't brave enough to to share something but yeah, I'm it's been a good good first book launch and um I'm sp- stoked for that and I'm excited for the next one because people are already asking for that so I love it so yeah. I love yeah. it for for you know for those who have not listened to the last episode with you where sure. we talked about that can you give our listeners just kind of a quick recap or summary of what the book is about yeah, I grew up in Jamaica as a kid. And one of the things that I first started selling or tried to sell was mangoes because I figured people would want that. Many people around us were selling fruits. I mean, it's a readily available substance or a product. And it's not like the fruits that we're getting are coming from you know the United States or imported. It's the fruits that are grown right in your backyard or in the community or in, in the regions where you're from. But think about it. When you look at these, if you go to a street cart vendor in Jamaica or fruit street cart vendor, you see so many people selling the same exact product. How in the world can they make any money? What's going to separate one person from the another? And that fascinated me. Fast forward when I came to the United States as a kid and eventually got into college um, later on in my life, I, my friends were like, you should go into sales. Got into technology sales, eventually SaaS and software. And the products that we were selling, I'm not going to tell you any lies, like the companies that we'd go up against, they were almost like selling the same thing mm-hmm. in in comparison, but what made one seller stand out? And the same principles that I saw when it came to selling a mango applied mm-hmm. to sales training or books or cars or houses or software or cleaning services. People are going to have similar products or services that you, as you. What separates one of those sellers from the next? And at the book breaks down in 10 chapters what one uh, what sellers can do. And uh, we focus on new sellers, but the principles apply to everyone. But um, sell it like a mango. Whatever you sell, whatever product or service you have, sell it just like people sell a mango. Same products. How do you distinguish that product? Mm-hmm. And it comes back down to that individual, oftentimes. And and um, it's a new seller's guide to closing more deals. So 
Check it out. Love it, love it, love it. It's a great marketing line, isn't it? It's very memorable, so Mm -hmm. like the mango. Um, Yeah. You've kind of got me thinking, do you think that, so if I can sell well, or someone can sell well in one industry, like, for example, food, selling mangoes, can they sell in any industry, in your opinion? Do you think a sales is like a, a formula? Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely science and art to sales. Their sales has the um, sale the principles of sales that doesn't change no matter what. Like I'm not going to buy anything whether it's a business to consumer product such as like maybe water treatment services, or I'm going to you know invest in a um, you know marketing company for my B2B business unless I have a challenge or a pain. And the sales professional or educator, how I describe them, needs to be proficient at being helping me to educate or understand how to find that pain or recognize that I have that pain. And two, guiding me to be able to make a, a, a decision to be able to fix that pain, whether that's through you know their services or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think the principles of sales, no matter what it is, longer sales process or short, is are still the same. But I do believe there are techniques that need to that will help or facilitate that being more fluid. So I can sell many different, I've sold many different products. However, transitioning from selling a door-to-door security system to selling um, in uh, complex software solutions to city, county governments in K-12, I had to learn industry move because there's one sales process that took an hour, the other one that took, you know, a year and a half. Mm. And in that vein, though, I needed to understand what were the buying cycles and what were mm. the buying windows. It's not necessarily, those weren't the sales principles, but by understanding the techniques or the industry or the way you go on operating in this industry helped to enhance and made me more of a proficient seller. So I, I do very well believe it, but I think it makes, it do make sense if you try to do, you know, short sale, uh, excuse me, um, you know, ramp, short and ramp time. I encourage sellers, you know, you stick to things that you have that experience selling. So it limits your ability to, to learn that industry. Um, but I do feel that it is transferable if you did need to. Yeah, I see. I, I I think this very much so. But you know, I work in recruitment, and I hear a lot of excuses um, where people say, "Well, no, our industry is different, so we don't sell like that." Or, "I'm from a different place." Jeb hears it all the time, and we hear it in sales training. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm from mm-hmm. this country. I'm well, for example, I'm from England. The English sell differently. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, so much of it is about psychology and mm-hmm. human behavior. And messaging, what what is the message behind what you're selling? Um, we just got done um, having um, a Bernadette. I can never say her last name the right way. The Bernadette. How about that? She's going to love that. <laughs> the Bernadette. Now, I have, now I've already forgotten my point, but... <laughs> <laughs> so we, she was talking about story storytelling, but also story catching, right? And and understanding yeah. the story that you tell. And last time you were on the show, we we also talked about. I grew up um, selling in a flea market at the age mm-hmm. of ten, right? And you know, why would you buy from a ten year old, um, especially when it comes to having a having keys made, right? Because my father was a locksmith and taught my yeah. brother and I how to cut keys. Like that in itself was. I think people were intrigued by, I'm going to see if this child can actually make a key. And uh, you were doing the same thing with selling mangoes. Now, the other day, I don't know if you saw this, Susanna or or Donald. I I put this on Facebook because I'm always intrigued, A, by children, which I do have a new course coming out called Sell Like a Child. That'll be an on-demand course. But I was driving by through my neighborhood and there's a kid 
out on the street and it's like a kind of an affluent neighborhood and he's got his little lemonade stand up. Right. And he's got, he's selling his lemonade and I drove by. I'm like, eh, another kid selling lemonade. Then I drove by again and I noticed his signage, which was lemonade, $1 free Oreo cookie. Ooh, come on. I turned around <laughs> and flip that Yui. <laughs> I flipped that Yui. <laughs> I put on my hazards. I got my pocketbook out and I went out there and I'm like, I will have two lemonades, please. And um, and he was just like such a shy kid. And I'm like, I love your sign. Yeah. He's like, thank you. He's like, I only have one Oreo left. I said, (laughs) but I'm buying two lemonades. He's like, wait, wait. Oh, I found another one. Okay. These are the last two Oreo cookies. And I'm like, thank goodness, because I'm buying two lemonades and I want two Oreos. I go, I got to tell you, I think this Oreo thing was really smart. Yeah. And and he's like, thank you. I go, and by the way, you need to raise your prices. Yeah. And he goes, (laughs) he had to get a tip in this. (laughs) I did tip him. I did give him extra. I gave him $3. And I said, uh, because I'm like, you need to raise your prices. He's like, Really? I said, definitely you can get two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. Rinsing her neighborhood. Rinsing. But hey, but that was a differentiator, right? Like it was. nobody was offering Oreo cookies with their lemonade except this kid. I'm like, why wouldn't I want an Oreo cookie? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think the more I think about this, because I, I'm in recruitment and you probably see the same, Donald, yeah. so many companies are struggling to find salespeople. How many children can actually sell before we, so Gina, I'm stealing Gina's work here, before we ruin the whole creativity and, you know, the um, they get confused with bad selling and they kind of lose it. Yeah. I, I truly believe that instead of teaching children algebra and maths in school that doesn't necessarily make sense elements of maths we should be teaching them how to sell early on and influence people i really believe that we should be starting earlier and i I could agree with that uh, tremendously um i feel that there are um countless examples in our in our day-to-day life when we grew up as kids that that we we practice sales without even doing without even realizing it um Exactly. I, was speaking, I did yeah. an interview with a gentleman today. One of the things that he shared was that, you know, one of the issues that salespeople have when it comes to closing is that we are so fixated on ourselves and our self image. And I think that's one mm. thing, maybe you have it in the book, Gina, like kids don't necessarily have that view of it's not, they don't, they don't they're not v- uh, vain. I mean, you see a kid with a snagitude got like, you know, missing his first, you know, the tooth out there, you know, <laughs> but he's still out there smiling, teasing and, you know, happy to be there and hair is not perfect, but you know, dang, it's just a cute little kid. I think this, they're not worried about, well, what am I, what are they going to say, mom? Are you going to look at me and see my teeth not, not there that I, you know, I, I'm missing a tooth or that I have a zit on my face that my hair is not growing. Like, you know, my hair style is not crazy. They're just worried about like, I want to make sure I have enough Oreos to be able to give for these lemonades. And I, I think that makes it so much better. But we are so focused on ourselves. What are you going to say when I call them? How am I going to look? Are they going to diff- am I going to be professional enough? Am I going to be pushy? You know, are they going to like me? Are they going to respond to my email? It's not about you. It's about 
what the problem that you're solving and gosh darn it i want my oreo cookie and i want that lemonade so solve that problem i don't care what you look like solve that for me well well, big you know i gotta tell you i had this moment of sadness when he said he only had one cookie left yeah and i was like but i'm buying two lemonades and i want two cookies like what do you what are you gonna do to make it good like i literally like a grown adult like i a cookie and then he went and cried to his mommy and said this this woman was mean uh, the lady out there wanted a cookie that's the last one i was gonna eat but but she did give me a tip you know you you did change a kid's life though you know think about it he's grown up in an affluent area he probably has opportunities but think about how confident that kid is going to be now to go for what's the next product that he sells if he's going to pull a donald kelly i used to sell candy at school but imagine Mm. if he goes and sell this product and say i need to sell it for 50 cents or a dollar. But what if he says, you know what? Somebody told me before I should charge more. I'm going to sell my product for $2 or two fifty. You just help that kid to get some more money. You help him buy his first wheels. There right? you go. I, I, I mean, this is, this is right. Coaching in itself, like, like coaching. Like if we want to talk about sales coaching, this was a very practical everyday scenario with a kid. But if you could have seen the look on his face, the yeah. look on his face was purely like, are you serious? Like, like, you believe in me so much that you think I should raise the price? Like how many times as salespeople, we needed to hear that from someone? Yeah, I think we mean a lot. I Can I, I give an example? Can I tell you a quick story? I love your stories. Yeah, <laughs> please. That's why you're here. <laughs> TSC Studios is our podcast production studios that just came as a natural byproduct. It was about five years ago. One of our clients reached out to me and say, hey, you know, there's a friend. And he was like, do, can you produce our podcast? I said, I'm a training organization. I don't do that stuff. He said, um, come on, man. You could probably do it. Let's help us. At least give me some ideas. So I sat down and gave him ideas at lunch. Later on, long story short, he sold me on the concept. I reached out to our production team and said, hey, you guys, do you guys have bandwidth? You want to take on more? So they said, yeah. So we started doing that for them. Um, Later, we now we have 10 clients that wow. we produce. TSC Studios produces the creative side of our business, and they create uh, shows for other brands. But here's what happened, though. Client number two, he said to me, um, you know, can you tell me, you know, how much you charge to produce an episode? And I told him our rates. And he was like, okay, I need you to say yes to both of these questions. And you, you know, have to agree to the first one before I <laughs> the second one. And he's like, the, I was like, all right. He's like, the first one is, um, you know, the first one is you need to, keep me at the same rate. And I was like, okay, because I'm thinking it was a good rate. And he's like, the second thing is you need to tri- double your price, double or triple your price, um, what you're charging for producing. And I was like, what? Um, and I listened to him and he is the cheapest person on our <laughs> service. And we have a, a Better Homes and Gardens, um, one of our clients and what they pay for and what they came to the table with, with their investment, what they were willing to pay at the time was like, it was, you know, I was like, Whoa, that's way, way more, but they saw the value. And obviously we do a little, our team does a little bit more for them. But the point is that changed the game for me to realize. And even somebody has been doing this for a while. Like you just, cause it's not my wheelhouse, right? Our wheelhouse is in the sales education concept, but not necessarily in the, in those services. It was just something that I did as a means of generating, you know, obviously business and, you know, marketing for our work. But the point though, I needed that as well. And I think there's so many people who do need that. And I think it's, we, we, we get into the, the the our own blind spots and i just interviewed a scientist this writer who's like a a fascinating guy he's talking about how reading and writing is not the same thing we might think that the way because we we've been speaking a lot longer than we've been actually writing 
And sometimes people try to write the way they speak and you don't do that. And the thought that he came, that came with this notion, what, as we we're having a conversation um, around this, you know, around this idea, it's like, we well, sometimes when we write, we know, or we, there's a story that's being said and a, a, a reader sometimes can finish the sentence of what they feel that it's saying without reading every single word on a paper. And I think um, that it's just because of the way that we are set up. So we, we like to have those memory. We'd like to have these, these, ideas of, and we think this is the way that our world is and everybody's world is exactly the same. So go back to the sales component. Everyone is going to feel that this is worth this much for them. And based on the, based on the way I see it, and oftentimes that's not the case, they probably can, they value it a lot more or see more than I do. And if I limit to the way that I see things, um, one, my, I'm going to miss out all the time. And two, you know, I'm going to live in a pretty boring world if I think that everybody's like me. If that, I don't know if I make any sense mm-hmm. with all of this, but yeah, I, to your point, I think we all need to hear it. And I heard it from Jeb actually mm, probably two, two years ago before I even joined Sales Gravy on a full time basis. Uh, we were already in conversations. I was starting to design coursework for Sales Gravy, uh, but I wasn't on um, on full time full board. I was running my own business, and. I, I invited him to uh, something that I was teaching online and he responded back immediately that my prices were too low, that I needed to double them. And I, I, I had that, that same aha moment. Maybe that's why I did that to the kid with the lemonade, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. literally he's like, well, you can't be charging this. Yeah. You need to change your rates. And, um, and then when I joined the company, <laughs> like, for some reason, all of a sudden, like I, I put dollar, I put proposals out there with numbers that then I'm like it, nothing. It, I just have the utmost confidence in what I'm presenting that it doesn't I'm not worried about the numbers. And, and going back to your story about the kid with the snaggle tooth and not worried, uh, not having the vanity. Right. This is something that I refer to when um, in my course, sell like a child, I call it the cute factor. Now, in adults, right, we're not going to call it the cute factor. In adults, we're going to call it the it factor. And the it factor is that thing that pulls people into you. There's something about you. You got it. Well, the X factor. Or the the X factor, right? It's like, and and I I came up with it factor going back to uh, being an it girl, I don't know if you remember that. You might be too young for that. But being an it girl of that, of that, you know, that gets someone's attention and you just can't quite put your finger on it. You're like, there's just something about her or him. I don't know what it is. And it's not necessarily the best looks. It's just a, a, the science. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. The science behind it shows that people with that it factor are the ones who are really good listeners and they're authentic and they're storytellers and children are insane storytellers that, that pull you into them. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember um, Charlotte Church, Well, you guys know you're from America. So I, I grew up in school with her and that was at a time when kids were just not on TV. It was like, they can't put a little kid on TV like that. She's only 12. That's ridiculous. 
And then that's now a birth of the whole cute factor because cute sells, basically. We're not saying to the listeners, go and get your kid and get them to sign your product, <laughs> by the way. But it could work. I, I, I know, I know Gina's uh, going to tell me I'm going slightly off track. So I, I'm going to get this next question. Donald, tell us what, what are you currently working on and what are you going to be speaking at? Outbound. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I am, uh, I'm very passionate about. And one of the things that I'm going to be speaking about at Outbound is, is planning and time management. Um, and I probably shouldn't give it all the way there, but this is my sales planner <laughs> that I, I created this as because I didn't have a tool that I enjoyed that I could utilize, um, well. And this was again, one of those things that then that, that experimental phase, right? And we, we love to experiment mm-hmm. here at TSC, but we were experimenting with some, you know, I was trying to figure out how I'm keep track of my days and I was writing things down, couldn't find a planner that I liked. And then long story, client got, I created it until I printed off at Staples. Then eventually a client saw it, they were complaining about their sales and how they can keep them organized. So I shared the idea with them and gave them a template. They're like, can I buy some from you? And I was like, uh, yes. And then we just gave them, you know, got a Staples order. And then eventually more people heard about it and wanted to do it. So we, last year we actually did a production and people can buy it now on Amazon. Um, the, the point though with this planner, one of the things that we see uh, LinkedIn, we've done some partnership with them and they point out that 40, 30% of sales time, about 32 or whatever, the latest sales of state, state of sales, um, about 30% of a seller's time is actually spent selling 30%. So with that being said, what imagine if we can get a seller to sell at uh, 32% or 35% or 40% where they're actually having more time selling. What kind of, what would that equate to in revenue or in in pipeline? And that's the the notion and a lot of salespeople wing their sales performance and that's one of the things that we're going to be tackling on at the that I'm really really passionate about. There's data behind it, there's some science, there's some action, there's some fun stuff um that we're going to be tackling at outbound uh, with that keynote session. That sounds fascinating. I think I've actually, I've actually looked up Sales Planner on Amazon Mm -hmm. um, because like every salesperson out there, time management is something that comes up all the time. I've kind of had a bit of an aha moment recently. We've all been to the sales time management training. We do that training at um, at Sales Baby and it's absolutely phenomenal. But one thing I realized, I'm too slow. I mean, what the, what on earth? Like, you know, I've done this awesome time lock. It looks really pretty. Just speed up, get that urgency. And you don't get yeah. that as much when you're not in an office, when you're working on your own. So are you going to include stuff about getting up to speed, getting that kind of energy going and things like that? Yeah, for sure. And I think there's, a, again, a couple of different scientific points that could come back through it um, in some gamification concept, which, uh, you know, maybe many of us are, are familiar with. Um, but there's, those are some of the things that I've, the, uh, find and go back to what you said. You know, even if somebody is slower at doing something, a task, it doesn't. It, it's I. And one of the things we track in ours is you know number of tasks completed. But you may be great at you know you, you get your five, ten. You can do fifteen tasks a day. Awesome. Uh, maybe I'm going to do like thirteen critical tasks. But are those tasks meaningful? Right? As it's going to give me more opportunity to, to sell. Um, and I think that's where we need to look at what's the potency of the task or the things that we accomplish. It's not so much about the number of it, but what's the result as a re- result from that, uh, from those tasks and doing it. And I think what typically happens with salespeople is that we're not doing enough of the right task that can help us to see potency in the things we're doing. We're doing like a lot more administrative tasks or a lot more things that we use as means to to distract ourselves from doing the the more challenging t- 
task of doing outreach to a prospect or meeting with prospect or, or, or whatnot. And sometimes I think there are tasks that we're doing that are not in our wheelhouse. Definitely not. Definitely and not. we're spending time on it and it takes us maybe maybe we're slow because it takes us longer to do because we either don't like doing it or we're not good at it. Yeah. And I- so those are opportunities to look at how do I get someone else to do these things for me? Because there are things that I don't like to do and I let other people do them for me. And here's something that I feel like most salespeople, they think it's not possible. I think every sales professional should have an executive assistant. I said it. A hundred percent. And here are a couple of reasons why. I mean, even if they don't go inside of your CRM, and I know there's proprietary, you'll say, I company, yeah. you don't allow that. And I get that. I understand that. But here's what I typically can, you, you can do. You can find someone in, in, in developing uh, countries uh, that might mm-hmm. find, that have the great skills or, or, or whatnot. Grateful for my exec. Um, she is local. Uh, she's you know stateside. She's done executive assistant role before and so forth. She helps us make sure my life goes normal. Um, and one of the things that I would do is I would record like at the end of the day. So I don't want to do admin task. I suck at doing admin task. So but I would do on you know driving home. I will. I have thirty minutes or twenty minutes. So I'll do you know audio thing, you know, Hey, Maureen met with uh, today, Gina, Susanna, we talked about this, you know, here's the blah, 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 the challenge that they're facing. Here's the next steps. Um, and here's what we'll do. Can you go ahead and create the proposal as well for that done and done. And then I get a Slack message later on that those tasks are completed. Prep email is already sent. Like, Man, this is good. And you're not breaking a bank, but I think if you're going to act, if you, if you can recognize that it makes such a big difference, don't do things that, like you said, Gina, not in your wheelhouse. You got to do things that's in your, in your wheelhouse and you can, that you're, you're built for, and you may be built for selling. So do that. That just uh, was another eye opener for me. I hate doing proposals. I don't like them. I, I hate. I like you're when they're signed. I like when they're signed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I well I mean I like doing the discovery. Yeah. I like um coming up with the uh, strategy. But you just gave me an idea. I why couldn't I then voice it to someone and have them put the proposal together for me? Do you want to know my secret? What's your secret? We use PandaDoc. Um and PandaDoc is, you know, just like you do like hello sign or whatever those Uh things call, Uh but I've been using them for years. We have in that a built template for our five or six programs. The the, the issues, the description of it are the same. The legalese are the same um, in those. But then the strategy, like you're saying, that component, we, I record a voice message and then Maureen takes that and plugs that bad boy in. So yeah, yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like I've got my template. Bro. And all I really need is someone to take the discovery notes out of my head or out of my CRM or out of wherever. <laughs> right. I mean, I have them and then it's like lay this out in the you know, objectives. And then here is what I'm proposing we do. And I can voice that. And I can even voice the pricing. I do it all. And, the time. and then have someone finish those few slides. I just review it. That's all I do. I take a peek at it afterwards. Um, I, I look at it um, and I see the uh, I see the the details um, and I say it looks good and you know give my blessing. And then, you know, she can send it off. And you know what? On that, too, the way our mm-hmm. system is set up, it's connected with our accounting team. So then they 
yeah. know exactly what it's going. So sales guys are not saying this stuff. And then accounting is like, holy crap, these guys are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've, yeah and we've, we've got and we've got all those yeah. systems in place. Yeah. But I'm always looking for what's the one thing. What's the other thing I can take off my plate that will give me back 30 minutes or an hour? Yeah. And salespeople often do find that admin isn't one of their favorite things to do. Um, I mean, I'm a shocking admin. My first ever sales job, they said, we're not, you're not going to be able to go out to a meeting, Susanna, because your desk is a mess. Oh, we're not going to let you go out to a meeting. Uh, so I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to like, it wasn't even that messy, just, uh, you know, a nice little mess. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to work and develop in a company where they were like, okay, admin's not Susanna's strong point. We're going to get her a resource to do that side and to help her with that side of profile writing and all of that so she can just sell what she does best. Now, I believe that there are many salespeople out there who leave sales because they have sales managers who favor admin or busy fools, but they leave the profession because they're constantly being chastised for something that they're not doing. I've seen it happen. I see it everywhere. Why do you you think that is, though? Why do you think that leaders... um do that i've got i know exactly why they just do that i think they just do that because and it sounds very negative but i've seen lots of sales managers who used to be awesome salespeople. they get promoted to sales managers and they think they have a lot of people i think they have the right not to do sales calls anymore um but they can just get busy doing admin mm. they might not have a good manager or they might be promoted there above sales calls we've seen it we've all seen it and they get very busy doing their own admin. So the admin becomes their strength. And then they start picking on the salespeople for the admin that they're not doing. Ooh. It's so familiar. Girl, if I could drop my mic, I would drop the mic. Mm. That's exactly why I feel the same way. There's a, we, um, we're working with a client in Germany and we're one of the challenges that they have is the salespeople not updating the CRM, especially senior sellers. When mm. we come back to it, one of the issues that we saw was the sales team is not doing it because they don't see the reason why. And the issue is managers want the sellers to go back to you said the admin task. They're so steeped in admin work that they for, that they that the things that they want the sellers to do in the CRM is all about for them. It's like, you know, updated so I can get the report, updated so we can yeah. have the proper forecasting, updated so we can do this. It's like all of those are for you, like executives. <laughs> What about me? And that's where it's not being dictated or helped properly and proper guidance and coaching could make that such a huge difference. I I was just going to say, this is, this is a coaching opportunity. Mm -hmm. Oh, here Um, we go. Gina knows that I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not good at recently. I've been quite bad at updating the CRM. I I wasn't, I wasn't going to point you out. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. But but I may, I may have one or once or twice say, Susanna, please update the CRM. She's um, doing to me what Jeff does to her. <laughs> Jeff was like, "Hey, what, 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 what's going on here?" <laughs> She's right, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not putting my hands up and saying, "Oh, you know, I don't have to update the CRM. I'm a salesperson. Absolutely not. Yeah. I need to." But if you hold on one second, because if you you're going to enjoy this for a moment, Donald just said something that was an aha for me. Right. I'm I'm saying, hey, Susanna, um, update the CRM because I'm doing the report on coaching and but I'm talking about what I need. Right. Because I have to put the report together. Right. Like. 
But really, like when I think about why CRM is important, it's the only way I can keep track of my progress. It's mm-hmm. the only way for me to stay on top of follow-up. It's the only way for me to move things through the the, the sales cycle is the CRM. It is like what I rely on to make my living. Yeah. And that's the coachable part of it. Yeah. And I, I think the beautiful side to that too, what you just pointed out there, Gina, is like there's if there's something that I could readily see from the seller standpoint, the reason behind doing it, again, for, whether it's for my income or the deals, you know, I through my, let's say my, you know, not all deals close. And I think everybody understands that right now. But let's say that some of my deals didn't go through. If that wasn't a coachable situation um, and you were able to help me identify and pinpoint, not that you're manipulating, but help me to pinpoint, like, you know, if you, you know, there's critical things that were missed, Donald, and you have a great memory. In addition to helping you out, you could have gone back to your notes in this or, you know, you asked a question to lead there. I don't want to go through that right now. But, you know, if you were to coach me through that, how do you feel that if you had a note written down about the fact that, you know, their sales cycle was that long that you didn't, you know, if you did forecast it differently, how you feel that could have impacted? Well, dang, that would have been good. I just couldn't remember from the call. You know, Gong recorded some of that. But, yeah, I, I wish I could have had an opportunity to do more to get that down or noted that that's coachable. That's why People you want to change do for their reasons, not yours. Come on, um, come on. But yeah, it's it's so it's it it's so true. But 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 it's but it is so true, and it's a good reminder because sometimes when it's time for me to like crunch and put the proposal together, I'm like, oh my god, what did we talk about in that discovery? Yeah. Oh my. Okay, let me go find my. Oh, I didn't put the notes in. Where's that notebook? And then I'm like, I'm like, okay, we've got the, we've got the transcript. Oh, I don't have access to that. Who can send me that? Right. If I would have just put some notes in the CRM. Yeah. Right away. Then I would be more effective. Yeah. In the proposal. And maybe, maybe I haven't closed some deals because I didn't show value because I forgot details. And I think, you know, the beautiful part about that is that it's, you don't necessarily take a pro, take the note of everything. You need to take the note of the emo, at least some one thing is the emotional things that we talk about. I might tell you, yeah, that, you know, my, I have a kid, which again, it's a good point. That's a rapport building point. If I can tell you though, you know, last week I spent like, you know, I was freaking out because 40% of my sales team didn't have anything in the pipeline and looks like this month again, it's going to be the same data. And I'm concerned about my, you know, my job. Bro, that's the money right there. You put that down as a key point. You know, Donald's concerned about the growth and get more details in that. You know, it, my kid is is awesome. You can get that. But if you can focus on a thing that's going to help me to take care of my kid too, like those are some key points that you can have. And that's going to help me that proposal. When you put that in that proposal, Gina, I'll be like, yeah, that's, you know, she did quote me a hundred thousand dollars, but Thanks. dang, I don't want to lose my job. And that's, if I don't do anything, I'm going to find well, myself. Well, that, that's just, that's it. A hundred percent. Like when I'm listening, I'm listening for their exact words Yeah, and I put their exact words in a proposal. Yeah. Like, oh my I, like, goodness. like their exact words. And it might not be the way I would say it, but I'm saying it the way they said it so that it clicks so that they remember, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I need this. Creating mm. the need. Mm. Come on. Mm. Come on. Some 
This is some good. This well, is some what good. What a load of sales legends we are. What a load yeah. of sales legends we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it, it, it's it's true. And do you know what? I I I don't know about you guys, but I'm uh, I suffer with dyslexia, so that means that I've always found writing things less hard, and like my writing is just really slow. Um, but now we've got things like, "Hey Siri, please add to my calendar tomorrow that yeah. I need to do this." Oh, it's awesome. I love it. And I, I think someone who can make the next sales tool that is like a virtual assistant, like, you know, an Alexa, but for sales, that will be a million dollar. Well, they do have that. They've got, they've got AIs that can do that for you and kind of function as your assistant. For sales specifically. Mm-hmm. Motivational mm. quotes every morning. What's this called? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a song because I'm doing my power hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there, man. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of ways to to help us. Um, but I, I think it comes back down to this notion too, and I think you hit on this as well. Is like as a, as a sales professional, am I am I taking advantage of the opportunities that I have available? Um, am I, do I, do I even go back down to my motive and to my why, why I'm doing what I'm doing? And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can, if you can understand, if you understand that and remind yourself about that, I think it, it does help you to do some of the painstaking things that you don't necessarily like to do, but you know, it's going to help you. And if it is like, you know, to get the information to my admin so she can do, you know, take care of the stuff. Yeah. It's not the pretty stuff, but you got to do it. It's better than writing it out myself. You got to do what you do. What you need to do to serve the client and um, and to help the client see the result. And I think sometimes we're. I, I have to tell myself I'm doing my client a disservice if I'm not going the, not doing those those things because I want to be able to be, the, you know, help, be the best consultant that I can to help them solve yeah. the problems. So awareness is the mother of all change. I'm going to um, ask you a bit more about your outbound speed. (laughs) Um, I want to know because there are so many time management courses out there, so many, and some excellent ones, some mediocre ones. What makes yours awesome? I'm Donald freaking Kelly, that's why. Hello. Uh, what can I walk away with? At he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be giving away mangoes in his session. I'm giving away mangoes. Um, <laughs> we're out of mango season in Florida, but I I froze some. <laughs> I think that one of the biggest things. I mean, yeah, and and not trying to reinvent the wheel with with what stuff that many people have. Um, you know, fan of Covey and fan of some of these other you know programs that are out there. And I think everyone has something that's going to help them. One of the key things that I've seen is that there's a lot of reactive planning. However. And what I mean by reactive planning is that there's, again, go back to the top of where Gino was saying, like sometimes we will look at our planner on the right side of our planner or my planner, there's two sides, but we will put down the task that we are going to, that we feel that we need to do today, um, such as at nine o'clock, I'm going to do this, eight o'clock, I'm going to do that and so forth and so forth. And that's, that's no, that's not, that's a, a, definitely a step up, step up than just being pushed by, you know, random task. But I feel that what we like to do with our process is we, we go through people, help people to go through critical thinking to eliminate the things that they don't even need to do in the first place. So go back to what you're saying. There's five areas that we feel that every sales task could fall under and people could debate mm-hmm. this, but there's business development activity. You have client meetings. You have, um, we call them administrative tasks. And these go on from order of like greatest to you know probably least. 
Then we have other tasks, which might fulfill our training or one-on-one with our sales leader and then personal tasks. If there's a sales rep doing something that doesn't fall on one of those categories, then they shouldn't do it. But how many times we know what we need to do and we don't do it. So, and on a day-to-day basis, sellers are put, filling into their calendar, into their task, the, these, the tasks they want to, that they feel that they need to do under this, that's like the litmus test. And if you can't fulfill in one of those areas, then it shouldn't go under right side of the planner in the first place. And everything that's documented on the left-hand side underneath the category has a time frame of when it's going to be completed, which you know most people kind of know the blocking idea. So then therefore you have a you know a notion. And then the the day, at the end of the day, there's a tallying system that tallies it up. So you can know, did I complete this task? Yes or no. So then now you can grade yourself on a day-to-day basis. Do I get an A or did I get a B? So there's some gamification idea behind nice. it, but the science behind it is that you're limiting things that you don't need to do. And that is the biggest component that we want to push to what sellers do. And when you start looking at the data and you start looking at the number of tasks that sellers complete on a, you know, complete, you can start in a, you know, top performance of completing. You could start to realize that if I just have my sellers do these things, it's going to help them out. So when you come to the mm-hmm. session, we're going to share with you some of those things that you know that you should be doing that, that typically we see top performers are doing over and over and over. That's helping them to continue to have remarkable success um so (laughs) remarkable and hey listeners if you want to come to outbound well why even say if you should be at outbound when you come to outbound in september the third week of september outboundconference.com is the place you want to go to get your ticket a hundred percent everyone in sales should be there virtually or in person. So check that out at outboundconference.com uh, and get some more of, of Donald T. Kelly. Can I share one thing yeah. about that? Um, evangelize about outbound. Here's what I've come to realize. Like there's, um, and I, uh, Susanna, maybe you mentioned this, but the idea of that continual education, did you say that? If I not, did. just take I credit. Did. Okay. So the continual education, <laughs> like that always improving on your, yourself. I find that sales is one of those things that we tend to feel is the oldest profession in the world, which is remarkable in so many different ways. However, it's one of those more, um, it's the, it's one of the most disrespected profession, I would say one of the most in the world. And because of this notion that salespeople or individuals might, uh, might prescribe that it's it's only can be done by the gift of gab. It's only can be given by, you know, mother nature or God. And that's how I make a great seller. Or it's one of those things that I have to do by activity. I'm sure somebody said that about counting before. Like, you know, counting is not that difficult. Like you, you, you if you don't know how to count, then you're an idiot. If you don't know how to sell, then you're an idiot. But think about it. Why do we have generally accepted practices when it comes towards, you know, the uh the you know finances? Why do we have understanding about like being a certified black belt when it comes towards logistics and you know operations? But when it comes towards sales, why don't we have that continual education? Because the way that we sell last year compared to the way we sell right now is evolving. And mm-hmm. if, a, if this is a profession that is the most important profession in the world, I mean, one of the long, the oldest profession in the world, and I would say in the business world, and I'm going to say the most important role in any organization, if this is the case, that selling and bringing net new business into the organization, why would I not want to fine tune that and be a well-oiled machine? How much can I say that I truly know about selling that I'm going to eliminate the idea of learning from some of the best in the world? And that's where I see outbound because it's this congregation. And I think one of the secrets too, the sessions are amazing, but it's in the hallway 
when you're talking with a speaker one-on-one or when you get a chance to sit down with some sellers who are giving you insights from their industry or you're getting the networking opportunity. So you may look at a ticket price and say, yeah, I know how to sell, but I promise you, you don't know how to get into that next account like this person who has a connection. And those are some of the magic moments that happen in Outbound. So, oh, I'm hungry for some Outbound. Let's go. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? I feel a song coming on. (laughs) Go ahead and pass the plate around. Get that Outbound part going. (laughs) Yes. Pass the plate. But you're you're so on the money. Like, um, I remember last year, during um uh, it, it, during the mastermind so if you had a vip ticket and you got to go to the mastermind like we sat there rachel and i my my past co-host we sat there watching um victor and um anthony and we sat there in awe watching them do this this intimate mastermind group and we were just like so drawn in by their brilliance. And it's what what I find so cool about Outbound is that you have all this brilliance in the room and yet we're all inspired by each other's brilliance, mm. which makes it even cooler. So like you you kind of idolize someone and you're like, oh, okay, they're kind of just like me, sort of. They're just in a different sphere of how they do things. And they, like you said, different experience that they bring to the table. So it is that that hallway stuff going on. And I got to tell you, and I'm not, I don't try to sell this, but I'm going to sell it. I love the B- VIP experience at Outbound. It's, it's, yeah, it's, by I think far. it's so it's- worth it. I had a client call me and say, listen, don't sell it to me, but should I do it? And I'm like, I'm not going to sell it to you, but you should do it. <laughs> like I would buy it if I wasn't buying it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, it was. I'll tell you one of the things: the VIP dinner. And I met um, Jeb before. Um, did I meet him in person? No, via the podcast, like for a number of years. <laughs> and Anthony, we, I just idolize his stuff as well. And then I met him on the podcast, and I was like, I was so nervous. You go back and watch that episode. I was like freaking out and um but speaking with them was so down to earth and i'm just still like oh maybe he was just you know he was just so nice just because it was just a podcast i don't know him i know him when i got a chance to meet him in person it was the embodiment of what you know i saw with all of the speakers because of the you know the, the type of caliber <laughs> folks they bring they were all just like that there was no ego yeah yeah, and there was ground down to earth and they were willing to give you the farm if it's going to be able to help you to improve and great investment. Love it. All these sales gods and goddesses it's will be gonna, in one it's room. It's going to be awesome for us to all be back together. But I know Susanna is chomping at the bit here um, to do her special end of the show. I don't Ooh, know what she's going to yes. do today. Is this, what, are you doing? what are you doing today, Susanna? Stop pretending you don't know. I always do this. Sometimes um, you surprise me. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I know. There's a lot of trust bringing me on as a co-host. But the thing we're going to do today is like truth or dare, the truth or quiz. So you've got to decide whether you want to give me a truth. Truth. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Truth. truth. Look okay. at him. He's so fierce. Look at him. Let's go. Okay. Something <laughs> that nobody else knows about you 
Mm. Or, you know, you, your wife can know that's okay. But something, something that you're going to tell our audience, you've done this podcast stuff before. You've done the keynote speaking, but what can you tell us today on Women Your Mother Warned You About that nobody else knows? All right. There's a, a couple things that I would Ooh. probably go back to. Um, I've shared one of them and I think that was regu- readily known. So at least it's not readily known. I won't share it too much. Um, I mean, I've shared it already. So that one would be lame. Um, but it's about <laughs> it's about fish. I grew up in Jamaica and South Florida and I don't like seafood. So I live here in South Florida, don't like seafood. But I was like a, you know, a pretty lame one. But I would say... <laughs> it wasn't lame. <laughs> the one that most people don't know is, and I'll tie it to sales. I, I almost quit sales. Um, and I never tell people about this because obviously, you know, you got to go through the process, but I had gotten into working at, um, came back from school. I did B2C sales in college, started doing some B2B. Then I came back home, was working with my, uh, first gig, my family friends company, they were building out their sales and they brought me in, they recruited me out of school and it was great for a while. And company started to fall apart a company but the there was a lot of like red tape that came from the government because you're highly regulated and then it just i was doing an admin task role that not sales role and then i got wooed by another company to go and work with them and then i start i didn't read the signs and six months later this company was on the verge they, they came put us all in the conference room and said hey we're closing out of business um Ooh. and i didn't quite know what to do with that so i'm like thinking i think i just came out of college um, I've been out for a year. I have two jobs and I have nothing to show for it. And this is horrible. And there was an opportunity to go to Walmart. Um, and I know not to go shake hands, but my friends were working at corporate Walmart and they had, um, there was an opportunity for me to, to cut, to go out. And one of my buddies got the pull of strings so I can come out and go to, uh, Arkansas to corporate to do some interviews. Then through my networking, however, there's another gig that came back up, a sales gig. And I was dating this pretty cute girl, um, pretty hot. And I had the opportunity to go to Bentonville and to leave that and leave it up to chance. And I didn't want to do that. So I stayed and the second, the third, the, the networking led to this referral for a job that brought me into the software game. And I'm super grateful for that because it changed our path, but it also Help me to make sure that I stayed with my beautiful wife now. So that's uh, something the wedding knows. And she was the pretty cute <laughs> girl. Pretty cute. I'm so yeah. glad because if she wasn't and your wife was so <laughs> Yeah. That's so, a really nice story. I never told anybody that. So yeah, I, I brought thought about it the other day. So it was a truth. I almost left sales um, to go to Walmart. Wow. And I think there are many people who do. I really yeah. do. Um, for, you know, who don't get the right chance and that's such an inspirational story thank you for sharing that with us i did learn though like you know that goes back to what you speak preach a lot about gina the idea of proper coaching because i went into the right organization i got the guidance they saw the raw talent in me from that i had with you know clearly i had success before um and then dabbling into some early b2b but they infused knowledge and experience in me and it was, I became, in six months, became one of the top performing sellers. Um, well, st- six months, I, I started out beating some of the veterans. And then after that, about another six months, I started to become one of the top sellers in the org. Um, so anyways, 
Awesome Coach story. Coach your people. Coach the, yeah. your people. Put the right attitude and the right person in the right place. The environment is so crucial, I think, yes. and the, having the skills to coach and train. Um, you can, it's like waving a magic wand, I think. So, yes. Love it. Awesome. It was so great having you here once Same again. Here. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I mean it with the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you bringing me on. And for anyone listening to the show, everyone knows as a podcaster, too, you know, we want several things, but one of them is to leave a rating, a review. And I would, I know they're going to say it in their message at the end, but I just would encourage you. You've been listening to the show. You've been getting so much free education. Just leave a rating and review for this and let somebody else come in afterwards see that. Um, and tell somebody else about the show. You're on your device right now. Just hit that share button and send it to a, not a mass message, but send it to a person, some one person you feel could benefit from it and tell them, I need you to check out what Gina and Susanna is doing. Check out this episode. That will go a long ah, way for them. And thank it. you. So, hey, can we that. just, I think we're just going to keep we're your voice that. at the, <laughs> we're going to take your voice and we're going to, we're going to put it at the end of every show because it's your voice is so good we're just gonna i think that's what we're gonna do from now on just listen to donald (laughs) leave a rating share it all the things thank you for that and thank you you've had me on your show and i really appreciate that so you know we all have to take care of each other and again um it'll be great to see you at outbound how can people uh reach out to you get a hold of you work with you what are the best ways to do that yeah, there's a couple of things you can do. I'd probably say the easiest way um, to help you out, go to LinkedIn and then search for Donald C. Kelly. And then you can connect with me because that's you're probably doing that right now on your device and tell me you heard me on the show. And then the second thing is if you would like to get some of our content, go to saleevangelist.com. And then we have a resource tab where we have tons of free stuff that we like to give away. Um, so go ahead and take advantage of that. And those two places will be a great way. So look forward to Awesome. And by the by the way, um, I, I wanted to tell you this. My um, my husband bought me the sales planner as a Christmas gift. Does he listen? He listens. He listens to the show. He listens to the show, and he bought it last year as a Christmas gift for me. How Love do you it. like? How do you like that? <laughs> that is awesome. That and then I cool. ended up marrying him. <laughs> That's a good person to marry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I mean, we had only been dating. Um, I can't remember when we had you on the show. Yeah, yeah, because it was like over the summer. We had just started dating. Well, he like totally got into the like he carries my business cards for the podcast and hands them out to the world. Oh. That is, a- yeah, he does. It is that the sweetest dude. thing. He is the sweet because he'll be like, do you listen to podcasts? My girlfriend, now my wife, has a podcast. But I had to tell you that, that he bought me the planner. <laughs> tell him thank oh. you. Thank you for sharing the wealth. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you uh, once again, Donald C. Kelly, for being here. Thank you to our listeners for listening. Do what Donald says. Rate us, review us, share us, all of the things. Check out outboundconference.com as well. And for more information about Sales Gravy and Susanna and I, salesgravy.com and of course, salesgravy.university. But we are out of here. Bye, Warners. Good night. leave a rating and review for this and let somebody else come in afterwards see that and tell somebody else about the show you're on your device right now just hit that share button 